Hello, everyone. Welcome to the We Shape podcast. Welcome back. Hey, guys. Hello. Hello. I was just joking with Tyler that he has this deal for, with me that he's not going to have caffeine <laughs> unless he like has a terrible night's sleep. And I can tell that you had a good night's sleep and caffeine. So I have extreme concerns for the <laughs> podcast today. We're just going to do what it does, you know? Us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. And by the way, it's not a podcast today. No. Oh. It's a peg cast. We do have a very <laughs> special guest today. Okay. Um, that we'll introduce here in a second. Uh, I I was really I thought about I don't know when I thought a couple months ago when I asked her and I was like oh my gosh we gotta have Dr. Peg on the on the podcast and then she was like sure that'd be great and I'm like yes so the day is here it's finally come <laughs> Christmas yeah <laughs> um, so why don't we just I don't know do you guys have anything you want to catch up on or we're good want to just jump right in I think we jump right in I think Peg's gonna have a lot of cool things to say um, and uh, I want to hear them. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well, we gotta set the stage. Yeah. So Nina's gonna read a little bio. Okay. A okay. tiny little bio. It's a, I know. I'm tiny. looking at this bio. And it's it's quite the bio. So She's let's do it. She's got some accolades, you guys. All right. So we have Dr. Peg Capers with us, who's a doctor of chiropractic and has been in the world of human connection, healing, and interaction with self and others since the 90s. Beginning in the avenues of science and technology studies, she quickly changed her focus to humanity through studying and becoming a sign language interpreter, in which she holds a bachelor's degree from the University of New Hampshire. Communication and relations between people and groups has always been a passion of hers and moving into the connection and coherence between the body, mind, and more via the nervous system has become a natural evolution for her. Dr. Pegg graduated from Life Chiropractic College West in 2006 and has been specializing in network spinal, somato-respiratory integration, and health and human evolution ever since. She served for a short time on Donald Epstein's staff, who is the founder of Network Spinal and other healing technologies before moving on to delve more deeply into the somatic connection to liberation of all people and living systems. She practices at her office Evolve Wellness Studio in Santa Cruz, California, supporting people connecting, growing, and expanding their own relationship to health and body, as well as exploring the connection between the singular body and the collective body for individual, family, social, and global change and health. I love Ooh, it. I knew, that was a wonderful read, I, I by the way. I knew you were the right that person for that. When I tried to read the last guest bio, I was like, yeah, Nina's got to do the bios from now on. This is my moment. Okay. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, let's welcome Dr. Peg Capers. Yes. Come on come over, on, Peg. Peg. And I'm going to shake show. my computer Pick your back. Side. You can come on any side. Come We're on informal. down. Any which way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you probably need that. Hello. We'll let her get settled. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hey, how are you? you all? I'm wonderful. Good. How about you? Good to be here. Yeah. We're so excited to have you. Um, I when we were doing the pre-production, I was telling Connor um, that I I don't know how long I've been going to like over a couple years because it was before the pandemic. I think I started. I yeah. think that sounds right. Or yeah. Right in the middle of it. Yeah. Somewhere in there. <laughs> um, and so I was just going to jump in and share. The funny thing about your work is people will ask me like oh what what it, what is it that she does and i'm like well i don't really know <laughs> but the only thing i have been able to describe is that it feels like i'm going in for some sort of like kind of a little bit of like a unique chiropractic experience it's not traditional chiropractic but that um it's like after I had done care with you for like three to six months, I felt like I did like 10 years of therapy. And I was like, wait a minute. You're telling me there's a connection between the mind and the body? No way. And it was like so wild. But I, th I think I've told you this before. Like 
the first year I went to you, I then went and caught up with some people, and right away, one of the people was like, one of the friends was like, you are so different, and I don't know what's different about you. <laughs> and I was like, I feel different. And he's like, oh, it shows. And then like even a few months ago, I went to another event where I hadn't seen people in a couple years, mm. and they were like, one in particular came up to me and was like, you are so different. And like, you just have a different energy about you. And I was like, mm. oh, Dr. Peg. And they're <laughs> like, can I fly in and see her? And I was like, so I don't know. I feel like I'd like to start because I feel silly that I've done this work with you for two years, but I still can't come up with like an elevator pitch of what it is that you're doing. <laughs> can I say just one more thing? Like personally, like Katie started going to you. And before that, I didn't see Katie dance all that much. Oh, right? oh, no, you're going to bring yeah. that up? On and I, I don't know. So I'm curious. I want to hear And I'm someone who studies <laughs> movement, right? And so I can see, like, when somebody's <laughs> locked up and tied and things like that. And, like, after a handful of time going there, I just saw her whole body be able to move in a different way. I won't share I'm the specific story red. that I'm talking they, about. I've never like, heard this story in the whole time that I've known you. I was just like, <laughs> where'd you learn to move your hips like that? Where did that come yes. from? Turning red. So yeah, all right. Let's go back to the. Let's go back Thanks, to the, Tyler. the summary. We have yeah. stories for you today, Peg. This is a confessional. Uh, good. I guess. Yeah. Wow. My privilege. So, so what is so it that you do? What is it that I do? Well, <laughs> I guess I made people dance. That's a, that's a good claim to fame, I think. <laughs> you know, this is. I love this kind of intro because it pretty much is the thing that everybody says about not just about me doing this work, but network spinal in general and uh, approaching the nervous system this way is people are like, I don't know what you're doing, but things are changing. It's working. And I think, and I will say what I'm doing, but I think that's just really a testament to how much our brain and our body together via the nervous system are doing things that we have no idea that it's doing until it starts to do something differently. And we start to change, people start to notice that we change, our health can change, our personality can change. And, um, you know, I can be really a big picture person, and I am inherently, but that's really, to me, the beauty of the work is people come into the office for all sorts of different reasons, maybe because they really have something going on with their spine, and they think, oh, you're a chiropractor, you could help me with this, and I can, right? And so that can be the typical things one might think of. But then there's also like the nervous system not only regulates the structures and the musculature, but it regulates how we perceive life, how the experiences of our life have been organized in our body. Because the nervous system is about <clears throat> trying to get better at living life. And it will first choose how to survive because that's the imperative that we're here, right? But I think most of us that are sitting here or we can all appreciate as we move through life that survival is hopefully something that we meet in the moment and increase that baseline. But that's not the joy of living. That's not the essence of people's being. That is like just the first step. And I don't say that lightly because that's also really essential as we know having gone through lots of different things in these past several years yeah. in Santa Cruz and the world. So that's the beginning, but I'm guessing you want me to say more? Or what well, do let, you want me to say? Let me just kind of like, <laughs> I want to just kind of see if we can uh, make this even simpler to yes, understand, please. right? And so mm -hmm. you talk a lot about the nervous system mm -hmm. and how that organizes how you perceive the world. Mm -hmm. And so is it fair to say, um, and I know that black and white is probably not your favorite thing to it do. It is but, not. Um, <laughs> is it fair to say that like when we have a nervous system where we're really tight and we're fearful and things mm -hmm. like that, that it expresses itself in our body and in the way we perceive the world. And when our nervous system is more adaptable and loose, that that expresses its way in how we see the world. And one might be 
be through a lens of you know fear or um, survival, mm -hmm. and another white might be through the lens of something like possibility or something like that. Sure. Does that sound? That's a beautiful it, way to say it. It, it. Yeah. it reminds me of when I first started seeing you, um, a couple months in. So the 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 way I had experienced your work was that. I didn't really know anything was going on. And then every like eight to 12 weeks, I would have these huge moments where I went, everything's different and here it's how it's different. And it's and I would just know that it was your work. It was never like these incremental things for me. It was always <laughs> like two or three months would go by and I'd be like, whoa, I'd be like blasted with, look at, look at the contrast. It was incremental for me though on the other side. It's different for everybody. Um, but my point is one of the kind of the way that I always thought about it is the remember how I told you I had that dream one time where I went to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. I went to New Leaf, which is like a local health food store here. It's not doesn't have a million options. Right. <laughs> and in the dream, I was going to buy a razor. Well, if you go to New Leaf, you know, they have two choices for razors. Right. <laughs> and. When I went down the aisle, to my surprise, there was like a thousand different options mm. for razors. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea why I felt like I needed to tell you that dream, but I did. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, how rep how representative of the fact that like your nervous system at one point thought that there was only two options. Because when you're in fight or flight or when you're coming from a space of survival or safety, you don't stop and think about the possibility. You look at the two most important options in front of you. So what a cool indication that your nervous system is opening up to more possibility. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. had an amazing experience with Peg because we've all been lucky enough to work with her. <laughs> I'm literally looking around was. the room and like, I think Connor's gone to you a couple times. Ben's gone to you. Tyler's gone to you. Nina. I'm like, oh and my God. Like, just a testimonial was, to how much we love Peg, actually. I was doing a lot of stuff at the time. And I was like, I don't know if it's like her or whatever. And I just, I don't know. And everything. And then was it you two who looked at me like, you don't even look the same. <laughs> he like was like, well, first of all, I said, after like three or six months of going, I said, you have to go. Yeah. Or we're going to have some troubles. <laughs> so like then you started going and then you did come to Nina and I. You're like, I don't really know. And like she literally convinced. you didn't have the same hairstyle. You didn't have the same you were wearing different dress. clothing. Yeah, like, you like, we were like, oh, yeah, really? Nothing's changed. <laughs> anyway, go on. Nina. Yeah, well, what I was going to say is, I ha you know, I have been to a lot of chiropractors in the in the past. I have really bad uh, jaw pain. Or had, I should say, because it hasn't ever come back. But um, I had this horrible jaw pain for the longest time. And like, I remember one time I let you put your like electro stim muscle yeah. thing like oh, yeah. on my face. Yeah. And he's like electrocuting my face. She's I'm like, like this isn't helping. Like, it's hurting more. <laughs> and it's because like I clench my jaw while I sleep. You know, I had braces as a young person. I had TMJ, all the whole whatever. My jaw still clicks quite a bit. But I couldn't get relief. And it was constantly painful. And it would flare up. And then it would go away and then flare up. And my dentist would say, well, don't chew gum and, you know, whatever. And like try to, you know, relax before you go to bed. I'm like, Cool, like that's really helpful. But I went to see Peg for the shortest period of time. Um, I don't even think it was a month, maybe. And I'm like, my jaw hurts, you know, and these other things are going on. She's like, cool, cool, great. Well, we're gonna do some other stuff. She didn't even touch my jaw ever. Um, <laughs> and I come back a couple weeks later, and I'm like, Peg, like, I sleep in a different position mm -hmm. than I used to. Like, I unconsciously lay differently. I used to always sleep, like, really curled up, like, with my hands all tucked in and mm. my neck Protective. pressed really, really downward right. and, like, a little fetal position. And, like, now I'm, like, splayed out across the bed. My <laughs> poor husband's like, can you move? Like, you're bumming me out. But it's so amazing. Is like, that had nothing to do. I mean, I didn't think with my jaw. Mm -hmm. But I have not had, it's been years now, I have not had a single occurrence of jaw pain since. And I still sleep like a little floppy baby. So I don't know. It's very interesting how your work comes together. It's just weird how we don't make the connection 
between the nervous system and the physical expression of what that means yeah. mm -hmm. and then the emotional expression of what that physical expression means. I mm -hmm. mean it's it's like we can all sit here and go, yeah, there's mind-body connection. Like we're so, you know, we're so, we got it. And then it's like, no, you don't got it until you like embody no what idea. it feels like. But I think so people, I think people are getting connection. it, you know? And this is something that um, one of my earliest mentors talked about uh, to me was just how, how you perceive what it is that you're doing will um, allow you to do it easier or not, right? So he would always say, happy faces. Happy faces when you're doing something absolutely grueling. You know what I mean? And, um, and I talk about this with our community too, is how you feel on the inside is how you express your body on the outside. Mm. And if you're super tight up here, it's like, I think of uh, carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Mm. You know, if, you're, if your shoulders are rounded forward, it's like guarding your heart and not expressing yourself. And I don't know, maybe you can speak to some more things that you see in your world and, and you know, I don't well, know. Well, I think we have to back, I think we're getting really <laughs> excited. So many we got really here. excited. <laughs> we're really excited. I think we should share, Skirt. like, mm -hmm. what the experience, because people are like, what are you guys talking about, right? Mm -hmm. So. You know, mm -hmm. I'll just share when you go in on the table, she's not doing manual adjustments. She's touching different points on your body. So maybe you could further explain sort of what your work is and, and maybe in the most, I don't know how simple we can be, but because I'm still after years trying to wrap my mind around it, but just maybe a little further explanation of the work sure. that you're doing. Okay, let's see. <clears throat> Back up a little bit. Yes. Okay, so everything you've all said is true around the connections there, right? And so most, what people do is they come in, they lay down, and I am looking what I think is very distinctly different than other, even other health practitioners or alternative practitioners. I'm really looking for where is the body have rapport? Where is it saying yes? Just like when you meet somebody and instantly you connect, the chances are you're gonna have a further connection and depth and maybe healing or you know possibility there, right? And so when somebody's laying down, after I've done an assessment and history and all that, every time I'm looking for where is the body neurologically open for change? And what do you see? Like, what are you looking for? Like relaxation, well, like? That's a great question. And I think every practitioner is a little different, just yeah. to honor everybody has their own skill set. But what I think is the same between all of us who are doing this particular work is places along the spine that are in the cervical spine or the sacrum have a certain rapport. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. But that means when I make a, when I even touch that area very lightly, the person may take a breath. You may actually see their spine sink into the table. You may see them move towards you. Mm -hmm. You may see them already start to dissipate tension or find their body more on the table. And it's through that connection that the connection keeps getting built somatically through the nervous system. So anytime we've had a place or a time of overwhelm or injury or stress, chronic stress is overwhelm, the nervous system neurologically disconnects from that experience to get through. So if we had an injury physically on our body, we may have had surgeries, we may have other interventions that have helped the structure be sustainable again, and we need to do those things at times. But that doesn't mean the connection between the brain and that part of the body is in a state of healing. It could still be in a state of protection. And so this lets the brain in a moment of safety, because rapport means there's already safety and connection there, start to reflect on how it is organizing the body from, am I holding the shoulder like this? Am I tightening the tissues there? That could be true about your gallbladder. That could be true about your ankle. I'm just using different examples. That could even be true on a cellular level. Under stress, cells shrink. 
That means the permeability is different. That means our health is different. So we could go many places, but I'm going to try to go back to simple, okay? <laughs> Which is that just by finding that place and actually creating a very light force there, it lets the higher centers of the brain start to be able to find the whole body and begin to assess like, hey, is this pattern I'm doing, this strategy that can be habitual usually stems from a moment of um, a need for a survival response that gets us here, great, but replaying that survival response or organization keeps that part of the body or us from healing, from integrating, from growing. And so there's many ways that we could talk about that, but does that help to at least to yeah, start I'm gonna, what we're doing? I'm gonna try to <laughs> take it simpler even. Okay, like is, great. Is, a feeling, is the feeling kind of you're looking at in a more macro view would be similar to like, let's say somebody's feeling like they're having a rough day or whatever, and maybe their partner comes up and holds their hand. And you, I think everybody's had the experience of mm -hmm. when somebody like holds their hand or says something nice to yeah. them and their body goes <sighs> like yes. that. And mm -hmm. you're looking at that on a micro level throughout every aspect of the nervous system. Exactly. Is, is that? Yes. Cool. And to build more and more essentially files or references to that in the nervous system right. so that now like maybe there's that same place where we're like <gasps> really tight, but now the nervous system has also the experience very physically of oh, similar circumstances, but I have this other file of where I could relax into that or I could feel more whole going into that. And that always changes the course of the events in the body and outside too. Building repetitions of new decisions the body can Because make. like exactly. you, okay, so let me see if I can understand. I, I, feel, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm a new patient, I'm not. <laughs> but, um, but like if you have an experience in your life that is even like a micro trauma or overly stressful situation, mm -hmm. and especially if you're young, it's almost like your nervous system is getting wired to respond to that particular situation in that way, but then it kind of continues that pattern when it's not even applicable. Correct. And yeah. so then your work is sort of unwinding that and creating new pathways for reaction. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. And I'll give yeah. you a, a simple example of my own life. I got a knee surgery about 14 months ago, and up until literally a month ago, I could clearly feel the difference between my hip structures trying to support my knee and my ankle structures mm -hmm. trying to support my knee. It was like my muscles were always really tight. And then it was finally like a month ago, I felt everything just go, ah. Mm. And then strangely enough, my whole nervous system felt more relaxed too. Like I just yes. felt like everything felt like, ah. Well, it was funny because I had felt, I think the emotional effects. Mm -hmm. um, but I see this acupuncturist, I see her pretty regularly and I had gone in and she said, what are you, what are you doing in, outside of my care? Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, I go to Dr. Peg Capers. And she was like, your spine physically looks different. So I'm like, it's like, it's not, it's like so crazy just to see that like my spine actually changed. Mm -hmm. And so what you're saying is a lot of this work is like, yeah, we're changing the structure. So that way the nervous system can show up differently. Yeah. And I want to actually go off on that a little bit in okay. my head is that, you Do know, <clears throat> we're talking about how, okay, so if we look at the nervous system, yes, it's the brain, it's the spinal cord, which is very essential, and then it's all the nerve roots that go to the whole, the whole body, okay? And when we look at things like structure, like people will be like, well, how can spinal curves change? Well, think about it. If your spinal cord is very tight and this is your posture and you try to lengthen and your body puts you back at this, how are the curves of your body going to be in what are an optimal state for the function of your body. If we go even deeper, there's likely um, a way that we have strategized to manage the world by perhaps shrinking. 
and again, I'm never going to make light of this. Maybe that's been a really essential thing to get through some very significant things that we want you to get through to be able to be here. But the overgeneralization of that becomes the posture. And then our curves look like that. Mm. And our personality fits that, right? Because if I, let's just use a pleaser as an example. If I'm always saying, oh yes, I'll do that, but internally, I don't wanna do that at all. Do you think your body's gonna be like this or is it gonna be like this? I know okay. nothing of what you speak of. <laughs> so Can't this is relate. where a nuance of uh, how we have had protection in our body, survival. If we just look at this as brain and body development, we all develop as very different human beings with very similar, because we are human, developmental cycles. Mm. We have gaps in those. We have learning in them that the nervous system does not necessarily update. And to me, that's like the kindest way to look at people is like, you know, nervous systems without that kind of support to grow and find ease and fill the gaps. Because it's, it's not that it's a never-ending process, but also the brain likes to learn, right? Likes new things. <laughs> it wants to keep growing. So that it will try to get more and more whole and connected with that kind of support. And certainly, I'm just going to say, there's lots of modalities that are really helpful. I really think this one, for me, is obviously a good fit around how I see the world and believe in the world. But also just really is about being in the timing of that person's healing, that person's body. Because we can all want to get healthier, faster, or be more energized quicker. But that's not necessarily the rhythm of our body. So this is kind of integrating all these different things, the cycles and rhythms of the body, how that shows up in your posture, how that shows up in your personality and your decision. But very baseline, when people come into the office, we have to get the body more connected and harmonized to a sense of its own cycles and rhythms for other natural organic processes to emerge that are really congruent to that person. Hmm. You, you mentioned two things there that I would love if you could expand on sure. them. Um, one is, uh, you know, if we try to bring our body into this state and then it brings us right yeah. back. And I think that I would love for you to just touch on maybe traditional chiropractic. I don't want to be like a, a, a basher or anything here, but I'm, my own experience with um, traditional chiropractic, you know, bone setting and, mm -hmm. and force movement is uh, it might be an interesting way to create mobility. Mm -hmm. And if you pair it with a lot of other things, maybe you can get out of those old patterns. But most people just go get their back cracked and then their body comes back to it and Two weeks later, they get their back cracked and their body comes back to it and they're just stuck in the cycle. Yeah. So I don't know if you can comment on that. And then oh, I think I, you just answered your own yeah. question. <laughs> so I want you to comment on it. And I would love for you to comment on just he wants you to say stuckness it. in general. And I think that that's really important because I think mm -hmm. a lot of people who listen to this feel um, mm -hmm. they feel stuck. They yeah, feel yeah. like it's hard to make a change. Mm -hmm. And it is. But mm -hmm. it's because I think they're thinking about it purely from a mind state and not right. from a physical state. Right. Mm. I want to make sure I answer both of those questions because they're right. both great questions to answer. <laughs> the first one I would say is, uh, first of all, I am never a like basher of any other techniques. I believe that different, different modalities suit different people and I'm really an advocate of, you find the ways that you can find into your body in ways that help you make changes within your body, okay? So, and I do think that what you just mentioned, Tyler, around at least what my experience was of traditional and chiropractic and why I chose this is that I'm really looking at, um, if that pattern is repeating, so if you have that same segment, let's say, chiropractically reset again and again through an adjustment, through traditional chiropractic, one has to start to ask, in my opinion, why, if we value the brain and the body as this magnificent system, why is the 
system making that decision to reset you there. It must have its own importance in that. And so this network spinal is looking at how then is that organized that the body would put us in that position. The root rather than the effect. Yeah. And it's like, what is the perception of, oh my gosh, that's scary, you know? And it's like, how are we valuing the information that the body is bringing us via the nervous system? They're never different to me. So I'm just going to say those two things again. Body and the nervous system are the same to me. And, you know, how then are we making more sustainable changes? And that's really why I chose this particular modality and why I like it. And also to say, a lot of people are really scared of having segments of their body adjusted in standard chiropractic. And that is also then looking at how are we using forces? And I think this is something I'm very fascinated about in the world. How are we using forces for change? That rapport and force with has a different kind of way of creating a cascade of change than a force against something to break through. And I think that if we just kind of look at the world as the whole, we have a lot of messages that more force equals more change. And that's just really not the case. And this is looking at how is the right timing of a force in congruence and harmony with a system allowing new changes to sustain. How do we change more easily, right? Yeah, basically. I know I'm a victim of like pushing and pushing (laughs) and pushing and pushing. And then I go back and reflect on my life and I go, Oh yeah, most of the stuff that was really great, I was being pulled. Sure. It was it was smooth, it yeah. was flowy, it wasn't pushing. Yeah. You know. Well, and also just like what's the timing of that for you? You know, I'm somebody that's you know done a lot of physical activity. I really value that. I'm also somebody that I like to just chill out and do nothing. <laughs> you know, what's the dance of like you know, what that's important around rest and relaxation is nourishing. When have I overtrained and that hurt myself? When did that, you know, three weeks off of not running, when I came back, wow, I was running faster. Like, how are we without it being like, I have to do it this way in relationship with how the cycles of our body help build those things? Because sometimes not working out for a bit or not exercising that way is actually a great gift for us to discover another way our body actually wants to motivate. Well, I think I've shared this example maybe more than once on the podcast, but I've always been fascinated with the research about how people, like they did a research study on how many ways there were to do dishes. (laughs) I don't know this study. (laughs) And I think, I can't remember the number, but it was over 240, I think. And like, I'll just tell you when I came to you, I know two, I knew two of those ways, right? Mm. Because my nervous system was mostly in fight or flight. Mm -hmm. It was in protective gear. It Mm. was like, we're, you know, we're going to force things. And a lot of the way I show up now in the world is a lot more like, don't force that. Or it's a lot more connection with my mind and body so that I can look within to make decisions versus like looking outside of me. And it's like that razor dream, right? Mm-hmm. I like went from just a couple possibilities to a lot more possibilities. Yeah. And I, it was funny, I think a, a number of months ago I came to you, because I go to you twice a week. Mm-hmm. Appointments are what, 20 minutes each. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to do an experiment. And you said, what's that? <laughs> I said, I want to come to you four days a week. And you said, okay. So I did every time I'm surprised, right? I go my thing where I go three months and then I get a huge like, whoa, look at all that stuff that just happened. And I'm surprised every time by it, (laughs) even though I'm conscious of it. So I was going. And then after like, I think two and a half months, you were like, let me know if you need to slow down. (laughs) And I hadn't considered that you could actually have too much of this work. Mm -hmm. And then I looked back and I was like, damn, the last 10 weeks have been kind of intense. Like, just in my own mind and how I was perceiving Mm -hmm. the world. Because when you do this work and you are creating more safety in the nervous system and re, I I think about it as like rewiring, Mm -hmm. 
it changes how you look at the world. And when you change how you look at the world, it's, it's kind of intense for your mind because you're like, I used to believe that and now I don't <laughs> believe that, right? Mm -hmm. the, the level of attachment that we have to beliefs mm -hmm. is insane. And I have had therapy for years and I still go, I believe in that modality as well. Mm -hmm. um, but when my body got to be in the driver's seat a little bit more than my mind, mm -hmm. I never would have thought that that could change my belief systems, but it did. It's it amazing. continuously changes my I belief systems. That. Like I don't even <laughs> believe in one option solution for anything. Like even when there's stuff going on in our business and Tyler's like, oh, what about this? What about that? And I'm like, well, if there's 240 ways to do the dishes, we have infinite <laughs> ways that we can solve problems. And like what a freeing experience. I literally feel like I mm. force like at least 75% less stuff in my life. I kind of am like, oh, that didn't work out. That's just great. You know, mm. like to think that I have the one belief that has all the, like that's insane. But we get so <laughs> stuck in that and we get so rigid in that. And that, un I always think of your work as unwinding. Mm -hmm. I'm that's unwinding all of these things. Mm -hmm. And I do have to like always make everybody laugh. You know this about our daughter, but um, our nine-year-old daughter is obsessed with you, and I always find it interesting. Didn't she call her her hero the other she day? She did. Oh my god. Peg was having an Peg was she having does the treatments at home. It's so she cute. sets up. We'll get you a station. medal for the wall in there. <laughs> but like Peg was having an event, and uh, we had just come off of a sickness, and she's like, "Oh, are you going to come by?" And I was like, "I'm going to see if we can." It's at the dinner hour. We're all kind of exhausted, but I'll see if we can make it. I'd love to. And then Ellie overheard me and she's like, wait, what's going on at Peg's office tonight? And I said, well, sweetie, I don't know. We're going to check in with Papa and see if she goes, we are absolutely going. And I said, well, sweetie, we were just kind of coming off a of sickness. Let me check in. She goes, mom, you don't understand. Peg is my hero and we are going. And then we like brought her and she was the only kid and she was like fully participating in all the questions and discussion. But anyway, I find it fascinating because when adults go in, with that nervous system of like, mm. okay, you can fix my back, but you're not gonna change my belief systems, right? Kids are not like that. So I always find it fascinating how kids respond to this kind of work mm -hmm. because they're so much more open. They don't have as many life experiences to shape the nervous system in that way. Mm -hmm. And she, she <laughs> one time in the car, she said, mom, um, I need you to have a discussion with Peg for me today. And I said, okay, well, maybe you could talk to her, but like, what do you need me to say? And she goes, I just feel like I'm really ready to go deeper in my work with her. And I said, I think Peg's available for that comment, so why don't you talk to her? But I just find it fascinating because kids don't have that lens. They're not like jaded to the world. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like she's, I look at it in a way of like, she's eating it up. She's like, no, this resonates mm -hmm. with how I feel like I should feel in the world. And I see all the conditioning that's trying to happen around me. And this feels so true to me. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, a, you're like a magnet for her. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. she, it's the only appointment I take her to where she's never says I don't want to go. That's mm -hmm. true. And yeah. she, in fact, when we got off the table later, she goes, did I get a longer treatment today? Do you get the <laughs> longest ones? How long can I go? I'm like, oh my God, Ellie. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's always fascinating to watch kids in that because they don't sure. have as many life experiences mm -hmm. that create as many of those uh, neurological responses. I mean, so in, a, in a lot of ways, is that what we're trying to do is kind of rewind and like let those traumatic memories that keep us stuck, like let them go and bring us back to that baseline of openness and freedom and, and yeah. yeah I mean I think in many ways it's like letting the nerve you know that's the thing it's like you know we're not in a time machine but in many ways the nervous system can go back and rewire or reconsider how it organized around an experience because it time capsules things 
if we're like at the highest moment of our uh, love life and we get into a bike accident, now those things might be paired mm -hmm. where somehow the nervous system is making them one. We fall in love again and then we get the same symptoms that we did from the bike accident. Isn't that kind of curious? Yeah. When we're like, wait, everything's going well. Why would my body be doing this? You know, so, so yes, it's to, again, I think, I do think trauma and overwhelm and all those things are important things to speak to. And it's also just to acknowledge that life circumstances, what we might call the best and what we might call the worst, all have developmental gaps in what humans learn in their nervous system, where they learn to be safe, where they learn to be seen, where they learn to be um, able to express themselves. And so just, it's kind of why the work isn't doesn't really have an end because the nervous system doesn't have an end to its learning and it can get more specific. And I think that any moment, I, you kind of said it around the dishes thing. I love that analogy. You never told me that. <laughs> but, you know, anytime the body has any kind of fight or flight in it, it is in that duality of one or the other. It's also using lower brain centers. So let's just imagine that this one little area in my shoulder is in that kind of fight or flight mechanism that may be informing other ways that I think. So every little part that gets to reclaim like a larger range contributes to the whole of us starting to use more higher brain function. And that, if we're not to go totally into neuroscience and stuff, that's what most people are seeking when they're looking for you know, insights in meditation and we're looking for you know, frontal cortex, dual hemispheric function. And that's what this is saying is like any place that there's a division, that's a distraction to that from the body. Now, yes, I love what you're speaking to, Katie, where it's like, I didn't expect that having my body make this different would change my mind. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> because so much of us tries, at least I think culturally, I think we're moving from this a little bit, you know, mind over body. And if I just think happy thoughts, I have like those experiences in my body. <laughs> and to some degree, that's true, right? That's something, but why not work it both directions? Yeah. Because if you're always having to overcome the responses of your body, that's a heck of a lot of effort. Yeah. And that is a lot of managing. And that also has value. And if we're to look at the baseline of what's happening and have that change, how could even quote the you know, constructive life choices that you're making actually have greater impact? You know, so it's not always just about like fixing what's not working and rewiring the traumas, which it also is phenomenal at that. But you could have really nothing that you're currently aware of <laughs> that needs assistance with in your life. And I would I would wager that you would probably still have changes that made your life more uh, rich because in you're ways not of living it. aware of it. Exactly. So like that was the other thing that happened. Um, when I first started going, one of the, the first, like after like that three month, I started to relive all of the major mm -hmm. life decisions I made in my mind through a different lens. And I went, oh, that's conditioning. Oh, that was conditioning. Oh, that was conditioning. And I was like, I could actually feel in my body mm. how I had made choices in my life based out of what my mind and body were responding to yes. at that time and how I don't even look at it the same way mm -hmm. anymore. And I didn't know that there was another possibility. Mm -hmm. Like even in our company, I had run operations for seven years. And then my good friend came to me one day and said, why do you run operations? 
And because she was doing, it was Amy, she was doing mm -hmm. some consulting work for our product. And I said, well, because that's what they needed me to do. And she said, but I know you're good at that, but like, mm. do you like it? And I'm like, it never dawned on me. And then I went, no, I don't. <laughs> and then she said, you're a product person, Katie. You need to work on the product. Or you're more like, need to actually work on the more vision of the company. Mm -hmm. And I went, I didn't know that was an option. And then I rewound everything. And I was like, oh, I chose that major out of conditioning. Mm -hmm. I chose that career out of conditioning. Mm -hmm. I chose, and had I not had that work, I just would have been like, yeah, that's what I chose. In, in the interest of this podcast being entertaining, I yes. would like to share the real <laughs> no, story no. that happened <laughs> Why there. am I in the um, spotlight? <laughs> and prior to those conversations that Katie had, uh, she was dancing. Um, <laughs> she was listening to music and dancing after her kids went to bed. And I was like, oh, this is fun, you're dancing. And she had a big smile on her face. And then she went, and her face turned into a frown. And she went, oh, and I like caught her. She like started I, um, to fall. I fell down. And I was like, what, what the heck? And I put I her down and she was just like started crying. And mm. I was like, what is going on? And she's like, I never liked doing all this operational stuff. Mm. I just did it because people, I was good at it. And people told me I, should, I was good at it. I, I would argue it. that I wasn't even that great at it. <laughs> You're, um, you're great at it. But I clearly <laughs> But it was like, it's kind of like some of the work that you do makes me feel like I my body has been given permission to be my true, mm. authentic self. And when I Music looked through <laughs> the lens of the choices that I made in, in the past, they were my reaction to my conditioning, to my micro traumas, to my life events, mm -hmm. to my generational stuff, right? They were just responses to those. And your work allowed a little bit of a like, oops, pause, mm. let's reevaluate that and let's let you have a feeling of how you feel most authentically and then you're gonna relook at those things. And so sometimes I even warn people to not be discouraged when they start this work <laughs> because you do get a little bit like, I wouldn't, the overwhelm's not the right word, but you kind of get a little bit like. Grumpy. Disenchanted. A little bit, <laughs> you do. And I remember one of our other friends had joined and then we went out to dinner with him and he was like, I, and he had been seeing you for right, right about 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. I just am really struggling with some of this stuff from my childhood and I don't know why all this stuff is coming in. And I was like, <laughs> just don't even mention Peg because he's not gonna believe us anyway. <laughs> so like, I just was like, let him go through his process. Mm -hmm. And I knew he would come out of it. Mm -hmm. And he kept seeing you. And then mm -hmm. sure enough, a couple months later, he just was more him. But you do have to have this moment in time, mm. at least in my experience, where I went, oh my God, all those years I made choices that were not from me. Mm -hmm. And now I am, and I can feel the contrast, and it's very heavy feeling. Yeah. But yeah. it's worth it. It's yeah. definitely worth it. So I, it's very clear, I think, to the audience that you're, uh, Katie, you love this work. <laughs> um, I think that we've repped Peg really uh, quite a bit. I think people maybe have a general understanding. I think it's really useful to go to like the, the bigger picture, mm -hmm. like everybody can have that experience of having a trauma on their body tightening up. But if you think about that on a micro level, every little thing mm -hmm. making decisions, that's helpful mm -hmm. to understand the work. Yeah. So somebody's listening to this and they're like, wow, that's really interesting. Um, maybe they can't come see you or another practitioner. Mm -hmm. Like how do people start to well, they could probably be aware look up a practitioner. of this. Mm -hmm. They could, but like, mm -hmm. let's just say they're okay. on their house. How do mm -hmm. they become aware of this in themselves? Mm -hmm. And then is there anything they can do to start trying to reorganize the way that their nervous system reacts? Hmm. Yes. I mean, I think, well, one of, okay. I want to go some, back to something that you said, but I, I don't. Can we do both things? Can sure. we? I'm Can not we sure which one to go first. Yeah. No, you have to do mine first. <laughs> no, we don't. I'm just kidding. But will you hold that question hold so it. I can come go back to it. that? Because you were talking about um, that moment of sort of feeling disenchanted. 
you know, and that's, I think that that's so important because, you know, saying like moving through pain is never kind of a, I'm just going to say it this way, like a sexy selling point, right? Mm -hmm. But there is no liberation if we can't actually move through that because the illusion of what seems like cheery or it's working that isn't really working for us, but we get rewarded for. So on the surface, isn't really sustainable for anybody's health or well-being, okay? And so at least, you know, in my experience, you know, doing this for the past 16 years or so, it's like people have a way that their nervous system shows them that life can't sustain that way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's something very physical. Sometimes it's something very emotional. Sometimes it's a, a construct of like, I am just not that person anymore, which is its own pain, okay? But this is where I'm going back to being able, the nervous system in part keeps us from that because in survival or in any of these other kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? disconnected parts, like the way the body has schismed itself from each other, there's no actual wholeness to even like move through that, like the gentle hug from somebody else. It's like our body isn't able to do that for yeah. us. Or our body starts to go this way and another part goes, no, 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 don't go there. We're not ready yet. And to be in the timing of that is important, but to actually move through that process and have resources to be with challenging moments so that we can learn about ourselves from that, that is a huge amount of um, influence on how we can navigate the world, not just our bodies, which is so important, but just even like you're saying, like, well, then what does that mean about who I am in the world? Like, do I want to run operations? Like, does my, does my body actually feel any kind of sense of energy from that or excitement? Or is it just like, am I being robotic, checking off the list? I tell people, and I don't have to say it here, but part of the reason that I came to this work as, as somebody who was a client in somebody's office is because on paper, my life looked like you're doing all the right things. You're successful with this, you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I woke up in an excruciating amount of pain so randomly one day. Hmm. But that changed the complete course of my life. Okay. So just to say, like, when we're like, oh, pain, and, you know, I think there's a lot of avoidance of things that are uncomfortable. I don't want to just call it pain. But that's actually often where the healing happens. And then the healing happens in other ways that feel more um, freeing. Mm -hmm. But what's wrapped up in the like disconnect is actually kind of the, you know, the fuel for that change, really. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that because I think that, you know, me too, it's like, People want to avoid the hard things. And I'm not saying we have to be in the hard things all the time, okay? But again, that right time, right amount of attention, right amount of presence from your body lets that be a whole different way of being in relationship with people in your body and, and the world. So yeah. I wanted to say that. <laughs> Just to comment on that, yeah. <laughs> I think like to me, the vision I've always had of that, and I we say this a lot, is that growth is, is challenging. It's not always easy. It's not yeah. a straight line, right? But like I think of like walking up to the wall and the wall is made of fire. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, crap, I don't want to go through that door. I don't want to go through that wall. And you open the door and you go through it and it hurts a little bit and you get to their side and you're like, 
oh, this is so much better. Mm-hmm. And then you go for a little while and you're like, this mm-hmm. is wonderful. And then there's a bigger wall of fire and you're like, oh. mm-hmm. and you can just keep on that journey yeah. forever. Well, but so many people just turn around the moment they see something that's challenging right. or difficult. Or I mean, fearful. and that's where the safety in the body becomes the way that you can navigate that challenge right. differently. That it does not actually the challenge itself, right. if that makes sense. It's like coming from other nuanced ways where we'd be like, why would being on my table create any change in that Mm -hmm. when you came in for not you but like one might come in for like a headache and then suddenly they're facing challenges differently in their life there's a relationship between those things Mm -hmm. but we can't see it until it's changed because we can only kind of perceive ourselves as we are now often you know and i mean i don't know how you feel about sharing this (laughs) nina but even when you went into to peg i don't remember you i i know you went in and your jaw situation was but that wasn't that wasn't the real reason (laughs) oh i was waiting for this to come up i mean another testimonial drop yeah no but like it wasn't the reason you were going through a really hard time in your life and i was like i don't know how to support you in this but i have this recommendation because i feel like that's what it is it's like you're, when you're faced with something that's really hard that can create the opportunity for growth, it's like Peg's work allows the body to feel okay with that a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like it, it, it allows the body to say, we're going to go through this even though it feels hard and there's like a little bit of safety in it. And so I don't I don't know how comfortable you feel. I but. do. I, I would love to share about this. I think that that's such an important thing. And I think the word you continue using uh, is integrate. And mm-hmm. like to be able to take a great challenge or a great emotional pain and integrate it into your life rather than go like, I can't deal with that. I'm shutting the door. I'm stuffing it down or whatever. And like be like not welcoming it in, but allowing it to exist and allowing yourself to be with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going when I when I met Peg, I was going through an exceptionally like I really want to call it like existential mm. uh, crisis. Um, I had been, you know, young and dating and having relationships and I had been in a very long term relationship at one point that I thought would end in marriage and it didn't. And I had walked away from that and I was like in significant emotional pain around it. And then I was like, well, I'm going to do it again different. I'm going to try and show up differently in the world and get these things I wanted. I wanted marriage and children and like to grow in that and have a relationship that was really valuable. Um, and and I had dated again and it had totally not worked. <laughs> right. Like um, and I was like, shit, like I had this moment where I said, wow, like this might not be the path that life has laid out for me. Mm. This thing I thought I wanted that I really like had been kind of hung up on, you know, like this is my goal um, was like not appearing in front of me. And I was like experiencing, like I said, ex- existential pain around it. Like mm. my life's not going to go the way I freaking thought. And like, how do I deal with that? It wasn't like. The breakup was really, I mean, yes, I cared about the person, whatever, we broke up, but that was like a normal level. It was like this deep Mm. emotional pain of like, I'm not going to have what I thought I wanted. This is not going to be the life I'm going to live. And how do I deal with that? And I was like sobbing every day for like seven weeks. Like I was in so much physical pain and emotional pain. And and when I met Peg, I went in, I shared that with her and I shared some other things, again, physical things. The intake is very, you know, detailed. And you're like, let's work on that. You know, let's work on this together. And my life has changed so much. And what I would say most specifically about that is that I allow my body to inform my decisions today. Yes. I allow like that information that's very, 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 very quiet from my body be like, like sometimes my body's like, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, I don't know why you said that, but okay, girl. <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> like, and, and after meeting Peg and working with her for the period of time I worked with her, I had relief from physical pain and I had not necessarily like, oh, okay, I just like, you know, moved on with my life and whatever, I was perfect. But like, I was able to be okay with what was happening Mm. and feel peace about what was happening and like experience joy again 
and be like, I'm going to be just like, okay, I'm going to be fine. And then funnily enough, <laughs> not so long after that, my life changed in a lot of really positive ways. Well, it was funny. I look at it, I mean, as being someone from the outside in, it's like anytime you're in your own life, the patterns that you that you participate in over and over and over again aren't as obvious to you. Mm-hmm. And it was like the pattern um, was a, a certain... Um, a certain type of partner. Yeah. And and you were and I think I, I watched you try to will a different way. Oh, the but force. It was, <laughs> but it was but it was the same partner just in a different package. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and then, you know Force meet object. Yeah. And then it was like you like, okay, well that it's not working. And I didn't want to like ever assure you that it like I didn't know. I'm like, girl, I don't know the plan for your life, but I can see you're in significant <laughs> mm. distress, and so I feel like Peg could offer you a pattern interrupt. Mm-hmm. She could order, offer you a pattern interrupt, and I'll never forget when you told me you first went to her, that you told her. Speaking of the body giving the the mind information, you told her, well, I easily cry a lot, so like I don't know how. Oh, yeah. And you were like. You said that Peg said, "Well, I'm absolutely not going to turn that off." I was like, "Like, I'm actually," me. and and, and she I cry was like, all the time. She was like, "I'm actually trying to get people to do that because that's information for people that they don't want to face." I have a lot of big feelings, yeah. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I just was hoping you would share that because it it you did, and then you had a major pattern interrupt. Mm, I did. Yeah, and I watched a lot of so like today. I watched a lot of like. Um, I can have this if I want it. I can be me. Her, I can. her ability to de- feel like she deserves something. Yes. Changed. It was yeah. really cool to watch. Mm. Like, yeah. oh, I don't just I don't just want something, and I'm not gonna like prioritize myself. It's like I deserve this. Yeah. And that changed. That they energy sure that you have inside attracts and admits different and, and attracts different people. So I watched the pattern interrupt happen in me in the, and in you and in Tyler and in everyone <laughs> who goes. But I it was really profound to watch mm. how like such a significant pattern in your life that had really been modeled for you for your whole life yeah. just kind of changed. And, and then it was like at that. Yeah, it, <laughs> it really did. And I had curiosity like. I always had wondered if you had pretty significant rapid change because you did have such access to your feelings. And so you did have more informational inputs that you could sort of direct you in, in that way. So I do remember when Peg did a, like a, I don't know, a three month check in kind mm-hmm. of thing you do. And you're like, OK, I'm available for questions. Like, what's going on with you? What can we talk about? And I was like, I don't have any questions. <laughs> She's like, you don't want to know what I'm doing or why. And I was like, no, I don't have any questions. Just keep doing it. But it's it's fascinating. I love it's a that too. Thing. That's a, that's yeah. a nice thing too. I love questions, and I also love when people don't have to understand because the experience makes it real. That was exactly you it. Know. Like I was informed by the experience. I'm like I'm feeling all the stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't need to even yeah. understand why. And like I have always been curious because so the founder of this work, his name's Donnie Epstein, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, I feel like he's not really out there that much. And I have curiosity, Hmm. like, I mean, maybe I'm just not on the internet enough, but, uh, you know, I wonder because when I first heard about this work and I was looking up, it it is kind of interesting. Like sometimes people's bodies really move Mm -hmm. on the table. Mm -hmm. It's not, it doesn't fit the uh, traditional construct of what we think we should do with (laughs) our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, like, so maybe you can speak to kind of, it's fascinating to me Mm -hmm. that the founder of this work like this is relatively new work, so I don't know. Since the '80s, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, first of all, his Donald Epstein. You can look at his website as Epigenetics, and um, 
It is, you know, I think there's lots. He is out there. He does lots of transformational programs. He he doesn't teach um, doctors as mu- at, at this point directly, but there's other staff that teaches doctors to do this work, and he does more transformational kind of work and programs that way. Um, but wait, what's your questioning? Just like, <laughs> well, it's anytime something's re- relatively new. Ah, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I just have curiosity, yeah. like, how did you find him? Yeah, and yeah. like, okay. his work is very unique. Yeah, it is. It's both unique, and I also think it's more present than people know. Okay. okay? One of the things I really just love, uh, when I found this work, um, the chiropractor that I went to see in New Hampshire, Dr. Deb Ayer, who is also my great friend, has been my mentor, you know, it really immediately to me was resonant to how I felt and saw the world, but I almost didn't even know that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so anyway, he's been around doing the work for, I mean, since the 80s. And he was really looking at what your question was, Tyler, like, why are these patterns up? Like, what's actually happening for the person? If I'm just going to adjust the atlas and this pattern comes back, what if if we trust life and think that life is bringing us things that the nervous system needs to grow and integrate from rather than I don't want that, this shouldn't happen. If we can flip that a little bit, how does the nervous system start to learn from those, right, and repattern? And so he was like, what's the least amount of force that can create the most amount of change in the nervous system? Because if you're really looking at the nervous system in its optimal state, it is to integrate. It is to have multiple perspectives. It is to, like, see humanity and see the self at the same time. It has all of that capacity. And so he was like, okay, when people are having this, like, you know, let's just even say – gastritis, like what's happening in your life? He was really bringing in that your body isn't separate from your life, that the environment of your body is not only just responding to environmental things internally, but externally, right? And we can see that more and more in the world, how true that is and how necessary it is to look at that. So he began to develop um, the technique and, you know, it's gone through various iterations. He's gone from teaching, you know, thousands of doctors to, again, being more on the transformational side. And it is really different work. And I say that to people like I do something different very intentionally, you know, because what brought me into that particular chiropractor's office was actually having not really been met by any healthcare professional up until that moment. And I was in I was in my late 20s. I was like 29. And I went in there because I had had back pain that came out of nowhere on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, funnily enough. <laughs> and, um, and prior to that moment, I was a kid that grew up with allergies, asthma, stomach problems, headaches, everything under the sun that nobody could ever touch. There was no reason. They couldn't find a reason for that, right? And so I really lived and managed all of those things up until that moment where I went in because this back pain and then my allergies started changing. And I really, this is going to sound funny, but you all have pretty much made this seem like a more real statement. I honestly came alive. And I was like 29. Like, what was I doing for those other 29 years? (laughs) You know, and I was working. I was doing lots of things. You know, it wasn't, you know, and and yet I wasn't really feeling energized by things. So I, I was very athletic as a kid. I hadn't done any of that in my 20s. And because I like to exercise, sometimes people are like, oh, I have to exercise. That's never been me. It's like, I like to be outside. I like to run around. I'll kind of do anything, okay, (laughs) like just to have that experience in my body. And so 
I started doing that again, not because she told me, go exercise. Um, I started changing my diet. I changed my relationship. I changed how I was working. I started changing all these things because, to your point, you know, actually everybody, it's like suddenly it was like my body was more the compass of it's not that everything sucked. It's just like even the nuance of like, yeah, I love this particular career I'm in as a sign language interpreter, but I want to freelance versus work for an agency. You know, so sometimes it's just like small things like that. You know, it's, um, but this is really where I think the biggest value of this work, and you've all again spoke to it in various ways, is finding the authentic expression of that person's nervous system. Okay, and so back to your thing about Donald Epstein, it's like if you look at some of the videos, and please do if you're interested in that, around how it looks in people's bodies, some people move a huge amount on the table. You'll see rhythmic waves that are actually showing us neurological connections and integration that are really essential. Not everybody moves that way because that's not how they are, just like people dance differently, right? People emote differently. Some people have kind of a natural way that their system is organized around that the conditioning of family, culture, world has shifted how we express that. And that impacts our health, that impacts how we move in the world, what we do in the world, and how we think. And so when you look at some of these things, I would say it's true. You know, the room I work in is an open environment. And even just the other day, I was having a conversation with somebody. That is intentional. Not so it's easier for me. But what your body is available to do and find ease and expression in the presence of others actually means it's probably more sustainable for you. Mm. Oh, that's really interesting. And what comes up for you in the presence of others to have a contact, to find ease and find integration is also a drop in the bucket of growth that like, you know, again, that thing that we avoid is sometimes what becomes very present in the room, in the office, because it's meant to be a slice of life. (laughs) One of the things that always has come up for me in this work is that it, it doesn't just stop with me. Because the more I can access me and the more permission I have to feel safe in the world and have infinite possibility, the more I can actually accept other as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. So this work is not just work for, that's why I find it so profound, Mm -hmm. is because it's not just work that goes on in my own body. Because Mm -hmm. the things that happen in my, to think that there's disconnection from Mm -hmm. self and other is just insane. Mm -hmm. We are all connected. And so when I accept myself more, I actually have more acceptance for other yes. as well. Mm-hmm. So right. it's it, it really is meaningful work. Yeah. And um, oh, I'm not going to end this podcast. I got my question <laughs> Okay, go Don't ahead. You wrap go this ahead. Up. I hear that tone. Here we go. No, I just want I want I think this is great. I think people <laughs> understand the concepts, but I just I would love for people who are listening to this just to get something they could mm-hmm. try. Yes. Right. Like just yes, give something yes. that they could actionalize and see mm-hmm. if it's useful. I mean, they can look up the work and all this stuff. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So yes, back to that. So what I would say is, um, I think one of the most accessible things to offer people is to look at somatorespiratory integration. And that is, again, comes out of Donald Epstein's work. There's workbooks on it. And why I'm saying this is it actually ex- uh, acknowledges the same rhythms and developments of the nervous system through safety and growth and transformation and expansion as um having entrainments or coming into a network practitioner's office. There are also network practitioners all over the world. If that's something somebody's interested in, there's avenues to look that up. But if we're just um, directly looking at how can a person 
um, connect more with this part of their nervous system. I'll tell you right now, it always is about touch and it is about breath or about energy and movement. And it's different combinations for people, but so often people don't even feel comfortable touching their body. And I just even mean like the front of your body. There's some practices that I do with people when we get to the belly button or the belly area, almost everybody doesn't wanna touch that part of their body. Yeah. That says a lot, yeah. okay? And so I'm just saying, if there's places, like if you've you know hurt an area and now you just manage it and never touch it, putting your hands there, just like finding a moment of presence with that. There's so many ways you could go with that, but if you really want like a small takeaway, it's like finding where there's ease in your body, if you can find that place, because mm -hmm. it's maybe not the place that's injured or stressed, and spend more time there to help your body regulate fine connection neurologically and integrate. And then if you need to touch that injured area, go there for a shorter amount of time and then return to the place where there is ease and connection. That's what all of the work is that I'm doing. That's what the somatorespiratory integration also offers. But that's just a very simple way is we spend more time in the distress when we have places of organization, ease, and safety in our body that are really the asset to connecting those two. So if I were to put that into action right now, like mm -hmm. maybe I'm sitting there, I mm -hmm. close my eyes, and I kind of find a spot in my body that feels really connected and relaxed yes. and ease, right? Like at ease. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just sit in that feeling and I go, oh, mm. that feels really wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then I go to a spot that feels kind of tight mm -hmm. and whatnot. And I kind of become aware of that too. Mm -hmm. And just the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. I go back to the ease mm -hmm. and then I just move on with my day. Exactly. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I think yeah. that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I always think about, you know, in our WeShip community, we have been talking about four different pillars. It's not just about join our community and do our exercise product. Mm -hmm. um, it's so much more than that. It's a, we ha I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. We have like four pillars of intention. Mm. So like, mm. don't join our product to like just have a number on the scale, mm -hmm. right? H figure out what your intention is and go as sure. deep as you can with that. And then the movement, because we do really believe that like movement is so important and our product is really rooted in functional movement patterns, mm -hmm. biomechanics, not just do this cardio thing and burn this many calories. Mm -hmm. And then community, because we do believe that connection is also extremely healing. Mm -hmm. And anytime you're joining a community that's kind of against the grain, mm -hmm. right? I don't, there's not many products out there that are like, don't lose weight and just connect with yourself. Right. So the community supports that. And mm -hmm. then the fourth thing we talk about is beliefs, mm -hmm. because we have been conditioned to believe all of these things. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you integrate the intention with the movement and the community and connection with beliefs, that's where real change can, can, can take place. So mm -hmm. I love kind of the practical application. I love that we can sort of reinforce even this work as it pertains to just moving your body mm. and getting your pot like a lot of our our movements are rooted in like a proper posture mm -hmm. and um but i really hope people take the time to look this work up because i think that it is so impactful and i'll end with this because there is a sign in your office that i think about all the time and i'm not going to get it right and i don't know if you've memorized it but the 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 sign that says like the myth about healing mm. do you remember that one I we have several different ones, I so know. I don't know which one the, is up. The, it says, like, <laughs> the myth about healing is that it's really hard. Mm. It takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of force, right? Mm -hmm. And all of the work that you do is through ease. I mean, it's that's what the sign says, yeah. basically. Like, there's this myth about mm -hmm. healing that it has to look like this. Mm -hmm. Force, difficulty, da-da-da-da-da. 
And it's like your work is a true testament of the ease that can come because mm -hmm. essentially the, the myth of healing is just a belief that needs to be deconstructed. Mm -hmm. um, healing can happen in different ways. And so I just have always, I think about that quote a lot that anytime I'm like, oh, it's gonna be so hard. I'm like, is it? <laughs> like, or you just like make have that belief. So mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that you joined us today. You've That's obviously great. impacted many of our lives. This was a great peg cast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I got to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate all you all said too. It's really helpful to hear your stories for me too. So I appreciate that, yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, hopefully we can have Peg back again one day because I know we'll get questions from this. So, Nina, remind everybody about the email they can check in. Please email us at podcast at weshape.com. Uh, we check it. We respond. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we can answer questions if you're like, hey, what were you talking about? And uh, we'll be there and answer your questions. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again, Peg. And we'll Thank see you. everyone next week. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at weshape.com. And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, remember that right now you can sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get access to everything WeShape has to offer for free. Just click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com challenge to sign up.